Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Jim Donilon, Louisiana Insurance Commissioner. Jim, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Glad to be with you. And, Jim, on uh, uh, Veterans uh, Day Observe, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your service to our great country. I appreciate that. I enjoyed it and uh, take pride in it. Thank you, sir. So let's talk about the third round of grants for uh, Fortify for the Louisiana Fortify Homes program. Surely, absolutely. The legislature, uh, actually a year and a half ago now, in anticipation of the crisis we were going through that had been underway for a year at that point with the down with the landfall of Hurricane Laura. Um, in 2020, and 13 months later, Hurricane Ida, uh, both bringing 150-mile-an-hour winds with them. Uh, uh, Chairman Mike Huval of New Iberia created, copied on, on what has been in place in Alabama for four years now, the Louisiana Fortify Homes Grant Program. Didn't fund it. Uh, we were sh- still in the throes of tight budgets, Uh, prior to the uh, stimulus that the state budget got from the rebuild of the 800,000 claims that had to be filed for Laura, Delta, Zeta, and Ida, and resulted in $24 billion worth of insurance payments being made to Louisiana property owners, which generated unanticipated surpluses for last year and for the ongoing current fiscal year uh, due to increases in sales tax revenues, uh, income tax revenues, et cetera. Same thing happened after Katrina and Rita 15 years earlier. So they created, uh, Chairman Huval's bill created the, the program, and during the last regular session, the legislature, out of its surplus of funds, made $30 million of grant money available. And we have been distributing that money for the past, oh, month and a half, uh, starting with 1,500 policies, max of $10,000, but almost all of them end up being $10,000. We we did have one this week that came in about $200 under that. The reason it is $10,000 is we know the cost of re- removing a roof from a from a home and putting a new roof in its place cost more than that. And and we, like Alabama before us, want to incentivize people to uh, remove a 
deteriorating roof, uh, maybe an older roof, and when replacing it, put something that can withstand the kinds of hurricane winds, 150 miles an hour, that we saw in Lake Charles, Port Fouchon, 135 miles an hour, uh, documented in Grand Isle. And built to that standard, the international, um, um, what, what is it called, the, the international IBHS, international, uh, no, I'm sorry, Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. Um, and, and as I said, Alabama's been doing this for four years. They've given out 6,000 grants over those four years, but now have 50,000 homes throughout the state. Start The program started in Mobile and Baldwin County has now spread to Montgomery, Birmingham, and throughout the state with 50,000 homes now having fortified roofs, certified fortified roofs in place in, in that state. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I would imagine then round one and round two have been fully subscribed then at this point, right? That's correct. Round one we did kind of taking a small step first, um, crawling before we tried to run. Uh, we did 500 with citizens policyholders only eligible for that 500. And we waited three weeks before we offered in the second round uh, another 1,000, which was the, the remaining policy, uh, grants that were going to be limited to uh, citizens policyholders, 1,500 out of the 3,000. And when we saw that we could do the back office work of verifying that the people that got in, the, the program is done online on a first-come, first-served basis, did in fact meet the minimum requirements. The three primary requirements of, of a grant recipient is, number one, they have to have a homestead exemption on their home. Number two, they have to have an active wind or homeowner's policy covering wind uh, damage on their home. And number three, if they're in a FEMA high-risk zone requiring flood insurance for a federally backed mortgage, they have to have flood insurance whether there's a mortgage or not uh, in, in a, a uh, FEMA high-risk zone for exposure to, uh, to flooding events. Uh, there, there are other limitations, such as it is not eligible for new construction, and it's not eligible for condos, mobile homes, and, uh, and as I said, new construction. But it is eligible for duplexes that come with a owner with a homestead exemption on that property. Jim, do you have any feel for whether or not homeowners are having difficulty finding roofing contractors that are actually certified to install a fortified roof? No, and that's a, that's a great question, and and I want I want to make the point have not yet that we do not give the ten thousand dollars to the policyholder to the property owner. The money is paid to the contractor, and we have a list of certified. Uh, uh, contractors who have gone through the pro process of pre-certification, copied verbatim from what they've been doing in Alabama uh, with their fortified risk program, uh, roof program for the past four years. Uh, and we have 80 certified contractors ready and willing to sign up with policyholders who get the grants to do the work. The smaller number, we have 30 certified evaluators. Now, evaluators are necessary and have to be hired by the grant recipient to, number one, go out and inspect the property. There are minimum requirements 
for the premises to be strength uh, strong enough uh, to uh, merit the spending of the ten thousand uh, dollars to put a new fortified standard roof uh, in its on on top of that property. Uh, number two, they have to inspect the roof when the outer layer, the the uh, shingles or the metal roof uh, on top gets removed. The the contractor has to call out the the evaluator to certify that indeed the removal has taken place and the decking is appropriate for the next step. And then they have to be called out again after the secondary barrier, which is a rubberized adhesive that goes across the entire decking on the roof. It's the second barrier in case some of the shingles or all of the the shingles come off. The second barrier is there to keep the water, the wind-driven rain, from penetrating through the contact points between uh, the sheets of plywood that are typically uh, the decking for for a roof in in our state. And that that second barrier, if it's successful, is is key to preventing the roof damage, leak, or, 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 or shingles being removed from causing the interior to have to be gutted, all the carpeting taken out, all the furniture furnishings taken out, uh, the sheetrock, the walls, and all the way down to the studs. If you can keep a damaged roof from uh, resulting in extensive wet uh, contents on the and, and interior of the premises, you save 90% of the cost of of uh, the damage from that that hurricane damage. And and by the way. As part of the grant program, the legislature also mandated every insurance company to file by November 1st of of this year. We just finished receiving all of them, over 100 such filings, for what that company's discount they will be offering to policyholders with a new certified fortified roof. And, and State Farm, for example, came in with their discount somewhere between 20 and 25 percent off of the total cost of a homeowner's policy, and the other companies are in that same general range. Alabama, actually, uh, they had Guy Carpenter, a national insurance uh, company, uh, do an evaluation of what the discounts are in Alabama now some four or five years into their program, and they say it's significantly more than the 20 to 25 percent uh, we're expecting companies to be offering at the outset of of the um, uh, the proliferation, hopefully, of uh, fortified, certified fortified roofs. I know that a number of insurance companies. I'm not sure if you heard this that are, are refusing to write renewals and otherwise unless the roof, or, or even new business, unless the roof on your house is less than five years of age. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I've not heard the, five. I've heard ten, but I've not heard five. It wouldn't surprise me if it were five. I, yeah, I mean, I've been hearing that ten, too, and I heard, heard it from uh, actually two people in the last three days uh, about mm-hmm. this five-year mm-hmm. uh, cap. Is there going to be a move, or do you sense that there'll be a move that that the building codes are going to be altered? Um, uh, because you know the existing homeowners right now uh, would be able to be the beneficiary of new homes getting uh, fortified roofs, right? Um, 
because oh, yeah. they look at this from a geographic perspective um, when they're looking at the experience rate here. And, and, and so do you get a sense that we might move to that soon or is I, there no appetite for it? I don't think the legislature would be inclined to mandate anything one way or the other on that. I think uh, I, I'm not surprised at all to hear that they're as low as five. That's a way of saying we don't want new business unless right. it's pristine and strong and new. And and, um, um, you know, we're 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 not in, in we don't have much appetite for wind coverage in South Louisiana, for example. Uh, Ten years, same thing, but not as restrictive. And frankly, what I expect to happen in the near, in the immediate future, is for companies to start writing more business as we come out of the hurricane season, and they are not uh, at risk of of um, uh, exceeding their reinsurance coverage. For example, that happened to several companies in the, including Citizens, I might add. Uh, in the past, uh, after in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. So I think we've been blessed for two years with quiet hurricane seasons. Uh, the incentive program is up and running. We have 35,000 new policies through September 30, and I know we have 7,500 more coming from a second round of takeout that I had citizens do this summer to get as many people out of citizens as fast as possible because of the 63% rate increase I had to approve beginning last January 1. That's hitting 10,000 citizens policyholders each month as they come up for renewal. So I don't think it's going to get tighter. I think it's going to actually soften. And and I've had that conversation with uh, Chairman Talbot of the Senate Insurance Committee and, and Chairman Huval of, of New Iberia House Insurance Committee. We think what we have done in the incentive program and also in Fortify, to a less degree, this will be 3,000 homes improved. And I might add that we've also, since Katrina and Rita, and bless her soul, she's deceased now. But then Governor Blanco passed our first ever statewide building code back then. And the building codes, all building codes in America, are under the International Building Code Council, who every three years come out with upgrades for uh, certified building codes. And we paused one of those three-year uh, upgrades during the pandemic. But this past January... Governor um, uh, Governor Edwards said, we're going to now make up for that pause. We're going to implement that recommended improvement to our building code that we didn't do during the pandemic. Plus, we're going to do the one that was scheduled for January 1 of this year. So our building code, which we get high marks from insurance companies and reinsurers uh, everywhere I go and talk to companies about our market, they really are impressed with the fact that we did that 15 years ago under Governor Blanco's leadership and have stayed the course through uh, Governor Jindal and Governor Edwards in keeping it up to speed. I will add that Fortify, our, our building code requirement, gets to 95% of the quality required, the strength required by a forti uh, to get a certified uh, fortified roof uh, on your premise. Do you get the sense, and I, I know this is kind of backward, but I, th I think it may be true. You know, we're, we're in 
these inflationary times and obviously interest rates are pretty high, eight and a half percent return on your investments um, in whatever instrument goes up. That kind of helps insurance industry, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was do, one do of the things. A, do we, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, do we get a sense that it's it's going to help our premium base? Well, uh, you know, that, that money that's invested is really not the company's money. It is the company's money, but it's, re- it's by law in all 50 states for solvency monitoring. It's required to be, in effect, escrowed against their risk that they take on for their book of business. So mm-hmm. it's there to protect that, that in those policyholders who have automobiles on the road or life insurance policies or or homeowners policies them to make sure that the company is able to pay on the promises they made when they sold them that that uh, that uh, that policy but at year end as they settle claims and they don't use that extra money that they made with their investment uh, that can be taken as profit by the company and they're in the business of insurance and they sure. want to write insurance, and they want to make the profit that comes with writing insurance. So, yes, I think as the market continues to be uh, available for profitable investment, uh, that will help soften the hard market we're going through today. And I might add, everybody's going through it across Amer- across America. I'm going to be on a panel with three of my colleagues on Monday in D.C. that's being sponsored by the Federal Housing Finance Associate, uh, uh, Agency, which is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, on the affordability and availability of insurance nationwide. I'll be joined by my colleagues from the D- District of Columbia, from Rhode Island, uh, from Connecticut, and myself. Uh, Florida was invited, but they were unable to attend. The Reinsurance Association of America will have a panel on the same afternoon of my panel Tuesday morning uh, talking about inflation, wildfires, hurricanes, uh, flood, and the, and the increasing cost of flood insurance, uh, availability of coverage, all of those issues. And, and I'm really anxious and looking forward to participating uh, here at the end of my career uh, in that dialogue with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac about what we're experiencing in Louisiana and what I think can make it better uh, on a go-forward basis. Absolutely. Final thoughts? Just, uh, it's been an honor, honor and privilege to represent and serve the people of Louisiana, 19 years in the, well, five years on the parish council, 19 in the legislature, and now 18 as insurance commissioner. Uh, honor of my life. I appreciate it greatly. I think I'm leaving it better than I found it, and I assure you and your listeners that I've done my best throughout those years uh, to make things better uh, for the folks that have given me the honor of serving them in public office. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you so much for your public service, and again, thank you for your military service to this great country. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You do the same. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home 
internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. Mike Haas joins us, voice of the New Orleans Saints. Another big game this weekend. The 5-4 and four Saints go into Minneapolis to, pe- to play the 5-4 and four Vikings. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Newell. Yeah, it's a big one for, uh, for both football teams. Yep, absolutely. So the Vikings, uh, Cousins is out, right? He's injured, and Josh Dobbs yep. is in, and... Uh, Josh uh, came from behind last week, I think, uh, to win 31-28 at Atlanta, if my memory serves me correct. That is correct. Uh, Came in. He was not the starter. I mean, they just signed him on Halloween, which was the trade deadline. So, Jaron Hall was their backup. And so, he started but got hurt, uh, a concussion. In fact, he's in concussion protocol now. So, Dobbs came in. Last week, virtually, I mean, he might have taken ten practice snaps. Didn't like he, like he said he didn't he didn't know the names of the receivers, uh, and really got off to a rough start. I mean, third play, sack, fall. I mean, safety, sixth play, sack, fumble, third play of the second half, another sack, fumble. But man, Atlanta never put him out. Right? They never put him on the mat. And allowed him to kind of hang around, and with his feet, with his feet, he uh, brought them back and scored a touchdown of, I think, 18 seconds or 22 seconds to go in the game, a, a passing touchdown. But it was really a big fourth and seven, fourth and seven in the fourth quarter. They're down. He scrambles. I mean, he could have gotten sacked twice instead. He picks up 22 yards and a first down and they end up winning the football game. So it's a lot like Tyson Bajan in that, you know, he's, he's going to hurt you maybe as much with his feet and with his arm. And that has not really boded too well for the saints of late, but you've got to be at least prepared because that's exactly what Bajan was going to do. And it's exactly what Dobbs is going to do. You know, it's interesting. Um, this mishmash of quarterbacks that we've had to face this year, right? So I guess we have like little or no film on this guy, right? <laughs> yeah, he played. He he he, he played I, the I, first eight games uh, for Arizona. For Arizona, so, right? Because yeah. uh, Kyler Murray was out, and they you know they struggled, one and seven. Uh, so there's 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 film on, but it's with a different team. You know, yeah. I I haven't looked back too much. For my purposes, other than maybe defensively, other than the Atlanta game, because, you know, when it's Kirk Cousins or Jaron Hall, it's a, it's a different ball game. So you're right. From, from, a, from a Joshua Dobbs Vikings standpoint, you got the Atlanta game and you don't even have a full game. 
but because of his he's been around right i mean he's 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 been around from a career standpoint he's in his seventh year uh, out of tennessee um you know there's there, there's film on him uh, it's yeah. just a question of you know to me the, the second week sometimes is a little tougher i mean you just go in the first week you just like it's like you were as a kid you know, right. you're drawing it up on the ground with a, with a pebble, right? <laughs> and you just kind of make it work. Uh, now, you know, teams are prepared, and he's a little more prepared, but that just means he's got a lot more stuff in his head. Sometimes right. you're better off just, all right, you do a down and out, you go deep, and I'll run. A lot of challenges last week. Uh, Dennis Allen didn't seem to be really happy um, with uh, the complete quality of play on defensively yeah again they've gotten off to just these kind of slow starts where the 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 teams in indy's case you know won the toss took the ball uh which not too surprising uh although they're playing a backup too and then in uh the bears case won the toss tyson bajan your you know shepherd university quarterback took the ball so it was kind of like a statement and both teams just mowed down the field uh and scored easily and it's kind of been the inability to stop the run early but you know you you don't you don't get paid for first halves you get paid for football games and it's hard to it's hard to argue with this defenses and i won't use halftime as a place holder to go it's 12 13 minutes by the time you get there go to the bathroom, sit down. There's not a ton of adjustments. The right. adjustments are made to on the field during the game, knowing a little bit more about what they're going to do and alignments and just tackling, being, you know, tackling better. They, they have not tackled well early. And so they've gotten behind. But to me, last week, that touchdown to Chris Olave after they scored quickly and to come back and, and kind of get that touchdown, and then a 14-7 and 14-all. You know, we kind of had a shootout. I don't, I don't think we've had a shootout um, in quite some time, and really didn't because the defense stiffened up in the second half. And you know, you can you can break down the offense's problems. Kind of, to me, they're so separate because on the fourth and one, I don't have a problem with the, with the play call. And people say, you're going to take in your time and put Taysom in. Well, then they know what's coming, right? right? To me, he kept Carr in. What Carr needed was a football. Derek Carr got that first down. He got it, period. But it was a terrible spot. And so because it's just a, you know, a mosh pit of people, Coach Allen couldn't review it because he knew he couldn't challenge it. Well, how are you going to – you're not going to overturn that. It's just people. But he made it. He made the first down. And then on the, the next drive, you know, you go down and you expect your kicker to, to make the, the, the field goal. So those two drives, which came up with nothing, were just, you know, poor execution from a special team's spot, six inches to the right, he makes it, and a bad spot by the referees with a play call that you – couldn't challenge, although I do believe I'm positive he made the first down. Just positive. Yeah. You know, it's interesting this year overall, and I don't know if you feel this way, um, although there's never any certainty in the NFL, there just seems to be a higher level of uncertainty, right? I mean, you don't 
a lot of the established teams are not consistently performing at a at a high level and obviously in a year where we've had a lot of challenges that bodes well for us and we find ourselves in a lead right now i agree i mean everybody's kind of when you know fighting it and even like the buffaloes and josh allen he's, he's been banged up a little bit hasn't been playing 100 percent Brock Purdy hasn't been uh, really, you know, playing too well. And in fact, Minnesota beat them uh, a few weeks ago, part of this four-game win streak. I mean, really, other than the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, Miami's been somewhat up and down. And I'm talking about, okay, these are the four or five elite teams, Kansas City. Kansas City does it with Mahomes and Kelsey. They don't have a ton of, of weapons. And then you're right. Then it becomes, you know, who are you playing when? Um, right. So, and believe me, we've been there. I'm like, you know, 2021 in my world was not a long time ago. And 2021, we started four different quarterbacks. And so we've been there. And the ability of this offensive line to better protect Carr, right? He went from, you know, four sack, four sack, four sack to two, two, one, zero. Uh, and you can you keep it. You get you get a healthy car now, and offensive. He feels like he can stand in that pocket a little longer. I think he's got a little more confidence in his offensive line. Um, and that's a big difference. I mean, to me, when when Derek Carr's throwing the ball fifty plus times, Saints are in trouble, right? They're they're in trouble. Last week he threw it, you know, thirty four times for two hundred and eleven yards. You go, oh, all right, well, big deal. But his completion rate. Last week was almost 74%, and in Indy, 70%. That's right. that's what you want. That's what you – I don't care if you throw for 500 yards 60 times. There's a reason you're doing that. And you're either behind and you can't run the ball. But give me 211 and 74% every time. Yeah. Biggest challenge uh, presented to us by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I guess kind of the unknown. I mean, they're going to want to run the ball. I mean, like, you know, and they've got, you know, Jordan Addison as a receiver, Brandon Powell, their tight end, TJ Hawkinson is strong, Alexander Madison running the football. Uh, You know, so you're going to have to stop the run, and defensively is probably where they are, uh, you know, strong. Daniil Hunter on the outside, former LSU Tiger. Secondary is... You know, they're kind of middle of the road, right? They're kind of middle of the road defensively passing, stopping the pass, middle of the road allowing runs, middle of the road uh, scoring points. So it's Brian Flores' defense, but they, they, they're they a little banged up. But, you know, to me, this is just keep – this is the Saints' mindset of late is I don't care who we're playing, right? Who cares? This is about us. Can we run the ball? Can we mix it up? with Taysom and Alvin and Jamal. I think Kendra is going to be out. And can we just focus on us? When we get in the red zone, can we score? Can we get turnovers like we've been doing? And when we do, can we turn them into points? I mean, it's the Saints versus the Saints. And if the Saints do what they need to do, then everything else will take care of itself. Minnesota's had a little struggle with fumbles. They've lost 12 so far this year. Right. Well, uh, Dobson fumbled three times, right? Yeah. Now, I will say they've also – they have three separate players who have forced 
three fumbles. So this really? defense, okay. this Viking defense, uh, they've you know they know how to punch the ball. They will come at the ball. To have three guys have three forced fumbles is pretty stout uh, through you know nine games. And so, right, they have given the ball up from a quarterback standpoint. Most of those are quarterbacks, um, but to be able to punch the ball out. Uh, as they have is something ball control will be uh, will be a factor uh, for the Saints to, for the Saints offense to be able to hold on to the ball. You're right, but it, it kind of goes both ways, right? They they have fumbled yeah. a lot, but they also get it back a lot too. You and I have talked about moments. It seems that this game sets up a lot when you look. They, there's a lot of parity between these two teams stat wise. Of course, a lot of that is it, you know was with Cousins at the helm, but it seems like, again, when there are moments in the game, you're going to have to take advantage of it. Exactly. And that, but that comes on, can you create turnovers like you've been doing? Can you keep the penalties down like you did last week? And then, you know, what, what do you do with the penalties? So Minnesota's won four straight, right? They've won by six, five, 14, and three. So it's, you know, Time will say that it's going to be a relatively close game. And so can you make the most, and can you not let Dobbs beat you with your feet? And that's going to be – that's the key to me. If, if, if I, you let Josh Dobbs beat you with his arm, go ahead. Give, give it your best shot. I'll, I'll, I'll take that chance with our secondary. But if you if – you, and to me, some of this – this is my – fan opinion <laughs> is that they were so intent. They wanted to get to Tyson Bajit so bad. They wanted to sack that rookie, get in his face and get some sacks. And they opened up too many running lanes. And I think if you do that same thing with Josh Dobbs thinking, I'm just going to, we're going to feast on him. He'll beat you. I mean, he'll run the ball and get, get first downs and keep the chains moving. So you got to play smart. I don't think Josh Dobbs can beat you, beat this Saints defense with his arm. He can keep drives alive and possibly beat him with his feet, not his arm. So you got this has yeah. got to be a game where the quarterback does not get out and scramble like others have. Yeah, no doubt for sure. And we will be listening in. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Have a great weekend, and uh, y'all leave when tomorrow, right? Ooh, yep, tomorrow afternoon at some point. And so, yeah, yep. uh, I don't even know what the weather's like. Hopefully it's not too cold, but, uh, you know, we're inside most of the time anyway, so Absolutely. it'll be good. Absolutely. And then, we're, and then, and then sure. they're off. I mean, what a huge week. Come off a victory, that, it, be three straight, and then have that bye week, baby. Love it, for sure. We'll be listening in. Thank you so much. Safe travels. Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. Captain Philip R. Thyler, Operation Desert Storm tank commander, presently uh, a retired colonel. Again, um, to all of our veterans, thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you so much uh, for your duty. Uh, you are patriots. We appreciate the sacrifices that y'all have made on our behalf so that we can live free. We can live with the uh, privileges and immunities and live with the honor of knowing that we're living in one of the greatest countries ever. 
and we appreciate each and every one of you. Um, and uh, don't forget that tomorrow they have the 7th Annual Veterans Day Parade. It starts at 11 a.m. on Harrison Avenue out there. And I want to thank John Fitzmorris for joining us today, and as well as Stephen Watson, the president and CEO of the National World War II Museum. They will have, and they're honoring the ladies that served uh, tomorrow on Veterans Day. So if you're out and about, stop on by at the World War II Museum uh, you can uh, see that event as well. Best of luck to the Saints. We just talked about that with Mike Haas. Obviously, the LSU Fighting Tigers take on the uh, Florida Gators at uh, Tiger Stadium tomorrow evening. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes at 3-6 and six come into Yulman Stadium to take on the Tulane Green Wave, ranked 20th at 8-1. and one. They Tulane's a big favorite. Uh, they, they've been for the past several weeks, kind of the heart attack team. Um, they've almost played down to their competition, and, and but every time they need a first down or they need this or they need that, they seem to pull it out and they find a way to win the game. Um, I just wish that they would uh, go out there and stomp somebody <laughs> at some point in time. But best of luck to them tomorrow at 11 a.m. as well. We'll be right back. We're going to check in with Ian Hoke, who's in for Scoot today. So stay with us. Ian Hoke's in for Scoot. What do we have coming up, Ian? Well, Newell, it's Friday, and we're acting like it. First up, who's got the inside track to topple Trump in the Republican presidential primary with the third debate in the tank and more polls showing with a massive lead? We'll talk to Hamline University professor David Schultz for his expert analysis. Then, finally, at 2.20, we're going to talk to Matthew in Ukraine. He's live. He's on the front lines. He's got his phone. We're going to talk to him about conditions there. And then at 3.20, I'm going to talk to Keep Louisiana Beautiful executive director about all the litter that we have in the Pelican State and what we're going to do about it. And then we got tons of other cool stuff to do and tons of great music and tons of fun coming down. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you again on Monday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.